came into the car park and uh, all he did was to ask for directions and I was able to um, politely tell him where he needed to go. Um, but it, it was oh, like a stinking hot day. So I just said, uh, would you and your wife like a, a can of drink? And they said, really? You do that for us? I said, yeah. So I just got them a, a can of drink and sent them on their way. But you know what? Um, it's just sharing the love of Jesus in simple, practical ways. And that's not hard. That's not rocket science. I didn't need to be a brain surgeon to do that. I just needed to, to see that there was a need and know that we were able to meet that need. So thank you for your giving that enables us to be able to meet needs in the community. It's, it's so simple and it's not, not hard. Amen? You ready for the word this morning? Okay. Are you ready for the word this morning? No, they've still got it. They're, they're still winning. Are you ready for the word this morning? Uh, it's We're getting close, getting close. Ryan, I didn't hear you. Did you? Yeah, see, that's it. There we go. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm going to be talking on uh, a, a really, really important topic this morning, a subject that uh, I felt God laid on my heart uh, over the last few weeks. So uh, the, the title of my message is this, it's Get Wisdom. Who wants some wisdom this morning? Yeah. Excellent. I'm in the right place. <laughs> Rock on. Here we go. Get wisdom. Proverbs 4 verse 7 says this. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Proverbs 4 verse 5 says, get wisdom. Get understanding, don't forget my words or swerve from them. Proverbs 16 16 says, how much better to get wisdom than gold? to choose understanding rather than silver. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word that is able to transform our lives in such a deep and meaningful way. And I pray that as I speak this message this morning, Holy Spirit, that you speak to people. Even the things I'm not saying, let them hear it. Father, I pray that you use this message to bring glory to Jesus Christ, our Lord, and to help people and help me to understand what it means to get wisdom and what that even looks like. Father, I thank you for the power of your word coming alive in people's hearts in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen? Amen. So sometimes it actually takes a child to reveal lasting wisdom to us. Are you ready for the wisdom of children this morning? Yeah, uh, you guys, come on, come on, wake up. Hello, just nudge the person next to you, okay, and let them know that you're alive, okay? <laughs> so it, sometimes it takes the wisdom of a child to, re, uh, to reveal wis, lasting wisdom to it. Patrick, he was 10, he said this, never trust a dog to watch your food. <laughs> uh, that's pretty wise, okay? Michael, he was 14, he said this, when your dad's mad at you and asks you, do I look stupid, don't answer. He also said, he also said this, never tell your mum that her diet's not working. <laughs> That's a smart cookie right there. Eh? Randy, he says this, he's nine years old. He says, stay away from prunes. I've got to wonder how he knew about that, you know. Kate, she's nine. She says, never hold a dustbuster and a cat at the same time. Natalie, she's 15, she says this, if you want a kitten, start by asking for a horse. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right up there, you know. Woo. 
Lauren, she's nine, she says, felt markers are not good to use as lipstick. (laughs) Ten-year-old Joel, he says this, don't pick on your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. (laughs) That's wisdom, isn't it, eh? And young Eileen, she says this, This this is a good one. She's eight, she says this, never try to baptize a cat. Oh, that's pretty funny. Many of us have heard things, maybe, that, you know, about wisdom that aren't necessarily true. For instance, people say you have to have grey hair to be wise. Okay? Now, I've got to tell you, I've got grey hair and there's some dumb stuff that I've done. Okay? So it's not always true that you have to have grey hair to be wise. Or wisdom comes with age and experience. Can I tell you, I've seen some incredibly wise young people. It's not necessary that they're old or that they've got life experience under there. See, today I want us to to talk about and to look at wisdom, how it can be ours and what we uh, don't have to be, that we don't have to be old and wise to actually have it. I hope to encourage us all to do whatever it takes to get wisdom. So turn to the person next to you and just tell them, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. So the the natural question you have to ask yourself is this. What is wisdom? What is wisdom? And I think that Scripture tells us what wisdom is. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, out of the Passion Translation, it says this. Wisdom is the most valuable commodity. So buy it. Okay? Revelation knowledge is what you need. So invest in it. The King James Version says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. So we can understand that wisdom, is, it, it's the most valuable thing that we can get, and it's the principal thing. The, in other words, the, the highest thing, the first thing that we need to be able to get. The, uh, wisdom, it's the thing. The, the, the dictionary says about wisdom, it says this. It says, wisdom is the knowledge of what is true and right, coupled together with just judgment as to our actions. It is the, fac- uh, the faculty of making use of knowledge and a combination of discernment. Wisdom in Scripture is the right judgment concerning spiritual and moral truth. That's what wisdom is. That's what the Bible tells us it is. In the Message Bible, it says of, of Proverbs 4 verse 7, it says this, Above all and before, before all, do this, get wisdom. There's this thing that I, I'm, I'm getting a flow for this message uh, uh, this morning that I'm, I'm hoping to encourage you to get wisdom this morning, to get wisdom. See, if, the, uh, if knowledge is the accumulation of facts and intelligence, the development of reason, then wisdom is heavenly discernment. It's the insight into the heart of things. Wisdom involves knowing God and the subtleties of the human heart. It's more than knowledge. It's the right application of knowledge. That's what it is. So wisdom is make, about making the right decision every time. And how good would it be to make the right decision every single time? I think that would be great. The right decision about which subjects to choose in high school and in university. The right decision about which employment to to, to pursue and the things that we need to do as a part of that employment. How about the right decision about our spouse or, or buying a house or whether to rent a house? How about the right decision whether we run that yellow light at the traffic 
traffic signals. You know, making the right decision every time. Should we maybe start to work on our fitness and our diet, or do we just get another packet of chips and a tub of ice cream and sit on the sofa and just hope it all turns out okay? How about making the right decision in those sorts of things in our life? How about making the right decision about getting that spot on your arm checked out? I had a spot on my neck. I got it checked out. Took them two goes to get it. And that was in two weeks. Now they can put a bolt right there on the side of my neck. It would be so good if we can make the right decision for our lives every single time. Unfortunately, sometimes we make wrong decisions. Has anyone here made a wrong decision? The others are making a decision about to whether admit making a long, wrong decision. They're just sitting there. It's okay. How many of us have ever made a bad decision? Yeah. Perhaps you've heard the phrase, uh, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Hindsight. Uh, the uh, president of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt, he said this, wisdom is nine-tenths a matter of being wise in time. He says, most of us are too often wise after the event. <laughs> Hindsight, it's always a good thing to have. So if that's true, that you know, we're, we're wise after we've made a decision and experienced the consequences of that decision, we can hard, immediately recognize maybe that, whether that's been a good decision or not a good decision. Have you ever heard the phrase uh, or, or had one of these, these sorts of thoughts in your, in your life? It's, it's this, what was I thinking? Have you ever had that, that moment where you think, what was I thinking? We were like, this is years ago, so I pray that I've learned some stuff since I've done this. Now, I'll give you a practical example of what was I thinking. I had one of those moments. Where I was putting and erecting up a, a carport at the side of our home. This is when we used to live down at St. Agnes, and uh, I, I knew how to do that. So what I needed to do, I, I had this great big beam of wood, and I needed to fix that to the fascia, and I was using nails to do this so that then I could get some brackets and, and put the, the rafters that go across and then put a covering over the top of the wood, and it'd be fine, okay? So I'm putting this wood up on my fascia, and I'm using these great big long nails like this to, to be able to do that. They may be you know, five, six inches long, and I'm hammering these nails into this piece of wood, and I bent one. And it bent up. And I thought, I can fix this. So I'm standing on this, this piece of, I don't know what I was standing on, but I was standing on something. And I've hooked my claw hammer over the top of the nail and I've tried to pull it down. But because it's a big nail, it's not being able to do that. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to have to put a bit more weight into this. So I'm, I'm, I'm almost hanging on this hammer trying to bend this nail down when it suddenly came down and the hammer has just slipped straight off the end of the nail and I've hit myself fair in the face with a hammer. It's gone whack. And I thought, oh, what was I thinking? Oh, oh my goodness. That Even now I've got tears in my eyes from the pain and the stars that I saw. I think, you know, like Tweety Bird on the cartoons. You know, tweet, 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 tweet. I've got these stars and these starlings just, just swirling around my head. I thought they were going through my ears. I was just that bad. Have you ever had one of those moments where you've said, what was I thinking? Oh, man. It's just, we, I'm, I'm, 
pretty sure most of us would have had one of those moments. <laughs> Made me feel better already, eh? See, it, it helps us to understand. Wisdom helps us to understand some things that we should do and some things that we shouldn't do. So this whole thing, if we get wisdom, maybe you know, we could help ourselves as we walk through life. See, a young man applied for a job as a farmhand at this farm. When he was asked for his qualifications, he simply said to the farmer, he said, I can sleep when the wind blows. Uh, this puzzled the farmer, but you know, he, he took a liking to the young man and he hired him. A few days later, the, the farmer and his wife are woken up in the middle of the night by a violent storm. They quickly began to check things out to see that if everything was all secure. They found that the shutters on the farmhouse had been securely fastened. A good supply of logs had been set next to the fireplace. The farm implements had been placed in the storage shed safe from the elements. The tractor had been put away into the garage. The barn had been properly locked and all of the animals were safe. Everything was fine and in its place during this storm. And suddenly the farmer gained an insight into what this young man had said when he said, I can sleep when the wind blows. Because the farmhand had the wisdom to do his work when the skies were clear, when there was not a storm. He had prepared for the storm when it broke. Consequently, when the wind blew, he had no fear and he was able to sleep in peace because he'd acted and done things with wisdom. He lived in wisdom. So when it is time to decide whether or not to secure the shutters or to move the tractor, he made the right decision. And we can make right decisions too if we get wisdom. So how do we get wisdom? That's a really good question to ask ourselves. How do we get wisdom? Well, I've just got some points here and I'm going to fly through them so that I can get to what I really feel God wants to say to us this morning. But the first way we get wisdom is ask for it. James chapter 1, verse 5 out of the New Living Translation says, if you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. Ask him. Just simply ask God. And he'll gladly tell you what he wants you to do. And he will not resent you for asking. See, the Bible promises that if we ask God for wisdom, that he'll give it to us. It's as simple as that. But after we ask, we have to be on the lookout for that wisdom and how to apply that wisdom that God gives to us. Secondly, how about we learn from others? A wise person learns from the mistakes of others. No one lives long enough to make all the mistakes on their own to be able to learn stuff. We need the help of others to help us learn from their mistakes. When we hear others talking about the mistakes that they've made, listen closely to what they say for where they missed it. That way, if we are ever in the same situation, we'll know what not to do. Easy. We can learn from others whether they've made mistakes or not. We do that by asking questions. Science is simply the art of asking lots of questions and searching for the answers. And when we're around people who know more than us, ask them lots of questions and then do this. Zip the lip and listen. Zip the lip. Just listen. Listen to their answers, to, to the questions that you may have. Just learn from others. Third area is be teachable. Too many people 
say that, you know, you, you can't teach them anything. There's this whole thing that, you know, it's, it's, someone once said this. It's amazing what we learn after we know it all that counts. So let's just be teachable. Let's be teachable. Some people limit their potential because they've got an unteachable spirit. We can't tell them anything. There isn't anyone who knows everything except God. And last time I checked, you weren't him. There's, that means that there's more to learn, so let's be teachable. Number four, how about we have some passion? Passion about learning. Passionate about learning more, understanding more, being inquisitive, having a passion around those sorts of things. There's this one time a student of philosophy asked his teacher how he could become a man of great wisdom. This teacher said, well, follow me and I'll show you. The teacher waded out into the ocean and the student followed him. The wise teacher then held the pupil under the water until the student began to kick and fight his way to the surface. The student comes out of the water and says, well, what did you do that for? And the wise teacher replied that when you want wisdom as much as you want air, you'll find it. Uh, trouble is, we're not passionate enough. You know, we, sometimes we just go... There's a, a saying in, in types of leadership, laissez-faire, just, oh, you know, it's like the Doris Day style of leadership, oh, whatever will be, will be, que sera, sera. It's the Doris Day school of leadership. And if you don't know who Doris Day is, ask your mum and dad. Or your grandparents. How bad do we want wisdom? And it's been my experience that we, if we want something bad enough, We'll do whatever it takes to be able to get that. Number five, how we get wisdom. Here's, here's, a, here's a something maybe you might be able to just take away as, a, as a, a rhyming thing. A proverb a day brings wisdom our way. A proverb a day helps bring wisdom our way. How about at breakfast, we just read a chapter of Proverbs. We just read a chapter of Proverbs. Find one verse in that chapter that really stands out to us. Then grab a piece of paper or a business card and write that scripture out on that business card or that piece of paper. Stick it in your pocket for that day. And when you've got a slow moment, maybe it's at uh, morning tea, afternoon tea, lunchtime, or you're stuck in traffic, or whatever, pull the piece of card out or your piece of paper, read that scripture and get it into your spirit. Get it into your mind. Get it into your heart. And just start to ask a question. How do I apply this scripture to my heart? How do I apply this scripture to my life? In leading my family, in my job, in serving my boss. How do I apply this scripture to my life? Start to feed on wisdom from the Word of God. Now, don't just take it from Proverbs, but you know, get into the Word of God on a daily basis. Feed upon the Word of God, and you'll see yourself start to live in, a, in an area of wisdom that maybe you've never thought possible in your life. And I chose Proverbs simply because of this. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs, 31 days usually in a month, okay? So just you'll get through the whole book of, of Proverbs in a single month. So you get 12 loads of this every year. You get that same thing and let God talk to you in that whole area. So a proverb a day brings wisdom our way. Number six, look around. Look around. That's how we get wisdom, by looking around. Wisdom and prudence go hand in hand. One of the meanings for prudence is circumspection, which literally means to look around, being careful to consider all the circumstances and the possible consequences. Okay, one of the things that I, I did when I was a, uh, worked as a police officer, 
um, we, we got a call to go to the, the back of the, the zoo um, and the botanical gardens. And when we were at the back there, we needed to drive up onto the gardens because there were some people that were doing the wrong thing. So we drove our police car up onto this reserve here. And what I didn't see as I was driving the police car was that there was a small hump. And I got the police car stuck. I didn't think about the consequences. So as we're ticking these kids off, I've suddenly realized I'm going to need these kids' help. I'm going to have to give them a caution. I didn't think the whole situation through. <laughs> it's just one of those things. You know, sometimes you're in a, in a situation and consequences and, and situations just creep up on you. How good would it have been if I'd have actually seen the hump? Just looked where I was driving for a change not been lazy and got out of my police car and gone for a walk. Look around. Check out the, the situation and the circumstances. So in order to walk in wisdom, we have to look around and evaluate our options. Give some thought to the possible consequences of our decisions. What could happen if we did this or that? Every choice we make comes with consequences, and the consequences may be good and they may be bad. It all depends on the decision that we make and the process we go through to evaluate what we're going to do. So circumspection, mean, circumspection means to, to weigh up the options, to, to look around. See, in, Jesus addressed this. He says in Luke chapter 14, verse 25 to 33, Jesus is talking to the people that are following him and he's giving them a very stern warning or telling them they need to evaluate actually becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. He says to them, okay, Jesus challenged them. He says, look, if, if, if a person's going to build a house, they need to actually evaluate the cost, how much it's going to cost them to build the house. That way, you know, if they start the thing out and they suddenly find out they haven't got the money to finish it, they're going to look like a bit of a deal. Okay? The same thing, he says, look, if there's a, a, a king that wants to go out to war against another nation, he needs to count the cost to make sure that his army is going to beat the other army. Otherwise, it's not going to end well. So too, Jesus says, in following me, in becoming a my, one of my disciples, it's, there's a cost that's involved. And it's a very simple cost. It's just everything. Jesus says it's going to cost you everything to be a disciple of mine. And is that a cost that you're willing to pay? Well, didn't it get quiet in here then? Just hear the air being sucked out of the room. It was, wow. Amazing. See, that works right across the board about consequences. Whether it's making a decision about buying that chocolate bar at the checkout or buying our first house, there's consequences to that decision that we need to make. And are we willing to pay the price to get wisdom? Number seven, this is very simple. Okay, read Read, read. If you want wisdom, try doing some reading. Okay? Reading books is so much a big part of our lives, whether it's online or offline. Whether you've got a physical book in your hand or you've got a, an, a, a device in your hand, it is so easy today to read a book. And, and, and don't tell me, okay, well, I, I find it very hard to read a book. Well, then listen to one. Listen to a book. 
Whenever I go for a run in the mornings, and I'm, I, like I'll do some kilometers when I go for a run, I have an app on my iPhone that's called audible.com. Uh, currently, I'm reading Joseph Prince, sorry, read, I'm listening to Joseph Prince's book on the Grace Revolution. I've got the, the book as well. But I'm listening to that book. So don't tell me that you can't read a book. You find it very, you, you, you fall asleep when you start to read a book. Listen to a book. I've just taken your excuse away. I'm sorry. But read. Just read. That's how you're going to learn. That's how you're going to get wisdom. Number eight is this. How about we be led by the Holy Spirit? How about we just be led by the Holy Spirit? In getting wisdom, how about we lean into the person of the Holy Spirit? I mean, he can teach us things. You know, he knows all things. You know, he, he even says in John 14 verse 26, he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said. I took this literally when I was doing my sergeant's exam in the police department. I, I leaned into that scripture and I said, God, I'm going I'm to do what I need to do to study and make myself prepared for those exams. So then when it's, I started to, to look at the, the, the material that I needed to look at and, and, and stuff like that, I, I, I memorized it, I got into my heart and I said, Holy Spirit, you said you'd bring this back to my remembrance. So when I sat down to do the exams, one of the exams, I topped the state. And I've got to tell you, I never even passed year 11 in high school. How does that work? It's the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Spirit of God. When you're answering the questions, when you're learning stuff, say, Holy Spirit, would you help me to get this in my heart? Would you help me to understand what I'm reading here? Lead me in what I'm leading and get wisdom. Get wisdom. Just lean into the person of the Holy Spirit. Begin to pray. Ask God what he wants us to tell us in that situation. Pray in tongues. Come on, we're a spirit-filled Pentecostal church. Ramp it up. Last time most people spoke in tongues is when they got cut off. Let's pray in the Spirit of God. It's time to allow the Spirit of God to lead us in every area of our lives, whether we see them as big or small or big and insignificant, whatever it is, let God into those areas. Sometimes we just go to God with the big stuff and we say, God, you're not interested in the small stuff. Rubbish. It's about you. He's interested in you and he, he sweats the small stuff too. When we go, for a, like go down to the city or somewhere like that, because I've got a big car, I don't fit in most... Uh, Car parks. I need a, a height of at least 2.2 meters to get into most car parks because I've got a lifted vehicle and stuff like that. So I need to say, God, I need help to get a car park because it's no small thing for us to get into a car park. It's a big thing. So we pray about car parks. Do you think, seriously? Yeah, well, God's interested in car parks. I don't know if you knew that. He loves to make sure that you can park your chariot. <clears throat> doesn't matter how we see our decision it only matters that the holy spirit knows the answer and if we exercise wisdom we'll allow him to help in every decision we make so this morning i've touched on what wisdom is and i've suggested some ways that we might like to get wisdom but this is the thing that, that really struck me with these scriptures this morning this was the burning question that i had in relation to these script these scriptures this morning why does solomon become almost fanatical in his encouragement and his challenge to the people to get wisdom. 
Why was Solomon, the, 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 the person who wrote the majority of the Proverbs, book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom that we call it, why was he so almost fanatical and, and just so passionate about getting wisdom? And the question, like, have a listen to this. I'm going to say this again because you need to get this in your spirit. Proverbs 4 verse 5 says, Get wisdom, get understanding, don't forget my words or swerve from them. Proverbs 16, 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding than silver. Proverbs 4, verse 7, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. In the Passion Translation, it says, wisdom is the most valuable commodity. The King James Version says, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. In the Message Bible, it says, above all and before all, do this, get wisdom. Solomon is passionate. He's almost fanatical in his approach and encouragement and challenge to people to say, get wisdom. Solomon places such a a high priority on getting wisdom. Though it costs everything that we have, he says, get wisdom. Above all and before all, do this, get wisdom. Get wisdom. It's of greater worth than gold. Do you catch a, 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 maybe a, a glimpse about the heart that Solomon has for this thing called wisdom? And I suddenly began to to feel a prompt by the Holy Spirit saying, could it be that Solomon is looking forward to a time and a person that he was prophetically talking about? Could it be that Solomon is looking into the future by the Spirit of God and saying to us today that there is a person that's called wisdom and we need to do everything we can to get that person in our lives? Could it be that when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, that we start to see something? Listen to this. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Christ is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. Is it possible that Solomon was pointing forward to a time to Jesus who was to be the power of God and the wisdom of of God. The incredible plan of God meant Jesus died so that man might live. In the world's eyes, it's foolishness, but in God's eyes, it's incredible wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says in the NIV version, it says, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us 
wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. The Passion Translation says, For it is not from man that we draw our life, but from God as we are being joined to Christ, the Anointed One. He now is our God-given wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, and our redemption. What am I saying? Solomon shouts to our future, to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom of God. And it's because of him that we are righteous, holy, and redeemed. We could never attain the righteousness of God by our own works. The Bible is clear on that. We could never measure up to the standard that God demanded, but Jesus could. We could never be holy enough for God and we could never pay the price to save ourselves. So God did it for us. God did it for us. So now by faith in Christ, we have access to what God did through Christ. Here's the, here's the encouragement. Here's the, here's the, listen to this. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. The kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, some translations say, is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Verse 45 says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and he bought it. Jesus is the treasure of heaven. Jesus is the treasure of heaven. Colossians chapter 2 verses 2 to 3 says this, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Maybe, just maybe, Solomon is pointing to a time where he's saying, just, it doesn't matter about gold and silver. It doesn't matter about, about the things that are going on in your world. If there's one thing that I can encourage you to do, it's to get Jesus Christ into your life. In getting Christ into our lives, we have everything. We have everything. There's wisdom in Christ. He is the wisdom of God. No problem, no challenge, no sickness, no fear or doubt, and no temptation exists that Christ has not already overcome on our behalf. Oh, come on, church. It's on your behalf. It's on our behalf. In Christ, in wisdom, Christ became weak that we might be strong. He became poor that we would become rich. He was bruised that we might be whole. He shed his blood that we would be cleansed. He became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's wisdom. There's nothing I could do. I was never good enough to do this, but Christ is. He's the one that was the sinless, perfect sacrifice that God the Father demanded in the answer to sin. And when we place our faith in Christ, all of those things become ours because Christ got them on our behalf. <clears throat> this morning, here's my challenge and my encouragement. 
Get wisdom. Get wisdom. There's a wisdom from God for living a great life. There's a wisdom from God in the gift of his righteousness, his holiness, and his salvation. Today, let's get wise and get Jesus, because in getting Jesus, it's the wisest thing you'll ever do. It's the wisest thing we will ever do. In the wisdom of God, it is by faith in Christ that we stand righteous, holy, and redeemed. In Christ, we have eternal life, we have forgiveness, we have righteousness, we have freedom, and we have healing. Everything changes when we have Christ. Everything changes when we have Christ. You might be going through a fiery storm, and you're saying, God, get rid of the fiery storm that I'm in. If Jesus is there, that's all you need. If you're going through the waters and there's a massive storm that's happening around about you, don't ask him to rescue you from the storm. Just show him, ask God, would you reveal yourself to me in this storm? Because in going through this storm, I can't do it without you being there. Walking this life in wisdom, I can't do that unless, Jesus, I'm walking with you. When we have Christ, we have life, we have wisdom. And he is of greater value than gold and silver. You want to be rich in Christ, then get Jesus. Get Jesus. He's the perfect, sinless sacrifice for your sin and my sin. He's the one that makes us worthy. He's the one that sets us free. Christ is the power of God, and we need God's power to live. Christ is the wisdom of God, and we can't live without the wisdom of God. Let's stand this morning. Can I just uh, ask for an atmosphere of prayer? Just close your eyes, bow your head, whatever you do. just want to make this a personal appeal. I, we have people here today, I, I don't know where you've come from, I don't know where you are in so far as maybe a faith walk. I don't know if you even know, you've ever heard about Jesus before. Maybe you didn't know that there's so much you get when you get Jesus. Maybe you didn't know that in getting Jesus, you became the wisest person on the face of the planet Earth. But this morning, I think that I've made it pretty clear that in Jesus, when we get Jesus, we get everything. I'm not saying your problems go away. I'm not saying all your, uh, your, your issues are over. I'm simply saying that in getting Jesus, you get everything. And it's as we start to understand who Jesus is and we can walk out that out, we can understand that we have everything. In getting Jesus, you get life. Not just uh, any sort of life. You get eternal life. A great life. <clears throat> Maybe this morning you just need to give your life to Jesus. How are things working out for you? Do not on your own. How are things working out for you in trying to sort your own problems through? How's it, how's it, how's it going for you? If it's not going well, can I encourage you maybe that Give your life to Jesus. Lean into his wisdom. Lean into his understanding. After all, he's the one that put this whole world into being. He's the one that with a word spoke this into being. 
Anyone here this morning, you just feel like you need to give your heart to Christ. You've never done it before, but this morning you want to do that. Is there anyone here this morning you want to do I just ask you to put your hand up because I want to know who I'm praying for this morning. Is there anyone here? You just want to give your heart to Jesus. Put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else this morning? That'd be the brainiest thing you've ever done. Let's all pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. And right now, I ask you to forgive me of living my way. I want to live your way. I want to take a hold of you and your life for me. I want to walk in the truth of who you are. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Let me be led by you. And I receive you now in Jesus' wonderful name. This, this morning, I just want to lay a challenge out this morning. What are you willing to give up to take a hold of Jesus? And so this is to us all. What are you willing to give up? What, what, what is the cost to you for getting Jesus? What is the what is it that you, know, you feel that God is just speaking to you about so that you can take a hold of Jesus this morning? Because in getting Jesus, you get wisdom. It's the wisest thing you'll ever do is to get Jesus. However that looks for you, whether it's going to a, a connect group, one of our home groups, whether it's becoming a part of the team here, whether it's coming to church a little bit more often, Maybe it's, it's you're actually doing you know, like God, something God's spoken to you about, about giving. Maybe it's, it's, it's reading your Bible 